If you blink now, forever hold your dying wish When you set your goal, don't give up on it Remind yourself every morning, noon and night I was born for this, and it's worth the fight Oh yeah, we're back with another episode, everyone The founder of the F Principle, Fuck Fear He loved being an entertainer, magician, pulling rabbits out of the hat He only has about 70% of his hearing, was bullied all the way through school. With no further ado, let's welcome Emmanuel Svachinsky to the show. An amazing, amazing man. I love sitting down and chatting with this guy. Everyone is welcome on this show. No matter what walk of life you come from, your story is valuable to me today. With no further ado, let's buckle ourselves up, strap your seatbelt on, and blast off into today's episode, everyone. Set your goal, don't give up on it Remind yourself every morning, noon and night I was born for this, and it's worth the fight Life has so much color When you see it Welcome back to another episode of the podcast From the depths of darkness to the light of success I'm your host, Chris Wick You know, this podcast is all about you know, sharing everyone's stories. I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Anyone is welcome on this platform. We talk about ending the stigma around anything anyone is afraid to talk about. You know, let's end the stigma today and make people afraid not to talk about things. Anyways, with no further ado, I'd love to introduce to you my next guest, Emmanuel Svachinsky. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, man. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having uh, for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. And my name's Manuel. I am the founder of the F Principle, which is the leading company of conquering fears. So, growing up, I actually uh, I suffered from hearing loss. I was completely deaf, and uh, for and then somehow, by some form of I I want to say magic or supernatural, but I was able to regain a little bit around 70% of my hearing. So that's why I'm here with earphones all the time so I can hear people better. And all what happened is I have tinnitus all over, like both ears. It's just like a very high pitch. So when I, when people, you know, say, Hey, Manuel, can you hear me? I'm like, yeah, I can, but you have to be louder than the tinnitus. So that it's, it'd be, it was a pretty much a big pain growing up with that because people used to bully me for that. They were like, oh, Emmanuel, you're so deaf. You're so deaf. And with a lot of tinnitus, you know, what happens, you kind of start losing balance because of the, of the ringing. And so I would walk a little bit funny back in the day. And I would always ask, oh, what? Huh? What? And then people would mock me. They're like, huh? What? Huh? So uh, they were pretty much saying I wasn't going to amount to anything. Uh, I was bullied, from being bullied to high school. Um, then I always dreamed of uh, becoming a like a famous entertainer. I was heavily inspired by Jim Carrey. And I still love the guy. I still want to thank him in person one day. I will. But uh, when, I, when I had 15 years old, my dad passed away. And my mom took me to a psychologist, psychiatrist, and they're like, yeah, you're depressed, you have ADHD, and you need to take these uh, antidepressants, I think it was Adderall, it was the hip uh, uh, hip drug at the time, 
And I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. And they're like, if you don't take it, you're not going to graduate high school. You're not going to make friends. You're not going to get anywhere you like in life. I was like, cool. <laughs> so I just started living forward. You know, I lived my life. And my mom put me through dance classes. And that way, you know, just to get my mind off uh, things, you know. So I was dancing with uh, tinnitus. I couldn't hear the music. The teacher was like, yeah, you know, don't compete. You will never win a competition because you can't hear the rhythm. So you can't really dance. So I, I always say it, you know, they try to warn me or they try to tell me what to do, but I never heard them. Because after all, I while I did not hear the music when it comes to dance, I was able to learn how to feel the rhythm of the bass. So I would be able to still get the rhythm without hearing the music. And I was able to go on and win a lot of awards, a lot of trophies for dance. And then I got into entertainment. And when people are telling me I can't do nothing, listen, everyone, you you probably know as much as I do. Uh, we're both European, uh, you know. So in Europe, it's all about, hey, what is, what can you get your hands on? Something tangible. You got to be something tangible, like a doctor or a, uh, you know, an engineer. But when I was going around saying, "Yeah, I'm going to be an entertainer," everyone was laughing because it's only one in a percent chance, one percent chance in a million. Sorry, one in a million chance that you're actually going to succeed. So it was a fun journey, and I was able to go through in the go through that, make a name for myself. In the entertainment industry, I picked up a, a few cards, got into magic, and I made a name for myself. It was, took me 16, 18 years making a name for myself, but in the process, I lost myself along the way. Because as it's whatever they say about the fame is true. With fame comes a very big price. And for me, it was my health. You know, I was uh, completely unhealthy and I was unhappy. So... I decided, you know what, I want to be happy. I try to find reasons. You know, I grew up fearing everything. I was still afraid of everything. And when I could come home after every show, I would be like, yeah, still doubting my abilities to be anyone good, doubting myself, sabotaging myself, and fearing of people like judging me. So what happened was I decided, you know what, I'm going to find books. Maybe I'm going to try to overcome my fears. Cool. It sounded good at the time. I read a bunch of books, took a bunch of courses. It all added up to nothing. It was just mostly fluff, unfortunately. And I looked at the people. I looked at the, the people that I looked up to, you know, Jim Carrey, Johnny Depp, all the big guys. And they were just doing it. They were somehow successful and they looked happy. They looked fearless. I'm like, what is it really? So I start studying them on a deeper level, right? I started studying, okay, how are they reacting to certain things? You know, and truth is, they were not fearless. They were Fear was there, but they learned how to conquer it. And that's what I started teaching myself how to do. How can I do that? How can I conquer the fears and become someone epic? And I realized that, you know, first of all, I had to become happy. To do that, I had to leave the entertainment industry. And I wanted to start fresh and helping people conquer fears. Because as a person who's lived his entire life in fear, it's not fun. 
because fear starts to control you. And after that, I'm like, you know what? I was afraid of leaving entertainment because imagine you have the entire world on the palm of your hand. You have tours lined up, all thousands and thousands of followers. You know, you go on. Uh, one of the biggest achievements was I performed on stage in Toronto. You probably know Dundas Square, right? So I had that stage and the whole thing was packed, like whole blocks was packed with over 40,000 people. So for me to lose all that was scary as hell. You know, I was afraid, okay, no one's going to want to go on a next journey with me if I'm not, if I'm not a, this character that I became. So being afraid, I ended up, okay, you know, what was the worst case? I'll start over. Let's do it. So I did it and everything exactly as I was afraid, right? I attracted negativity attracts negativity. Everyone, almost every single person that followed me, unfollowed me. And I started again with 10 followers. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, Emmanuel, at all. I love that you, you know, talk about that. Like fear and ego is what drove my addiction for so many years. But once you become egoless, you become let you know, less fearful. Like they're not saying you should always there should there's always gonna be fear in, in your life and stuff like that, but once you can get rid of that ego or become egoless around so many things, you start to succeed and move forward and see light and the light at the end of the tunnel in a sense is, you know, what I'm trying to say. I want to touch on too, you talked about being diagnosed with ADHD. I actually, I, I, I've, I've been diagnosed with that many, many years ago. I myself have to be on medication, you know, not, it's not for everyone, but if I'm not on the medication that I'm on, I, I wouldn't be able to be as successful as I am in the career I'm in and doing the things I am with this podcast personally. So, but you know, it's a personal choice for everyone too, with the medication as well. So why, why did you chose choose not to go the medication route and stuff like that? Well, I was 14 years old or 15, sorry, 15 years old. And when the doctors tell, telling me what I can't do, it kind of fired me up, kind of pissed me off. And I mean, my dad just passed away at that time. So, of course, my mind was elsewhere, you know, and I learned how to embrace it. Yeah, I do have ADHD. I, I enjoy it. So what do I do with it? I learned to do to utilize it to create success for myself. I love I that you say that, school. though, too. I love that you say that you learn to utilize it. That's what I've done now like with my career, with my job. You know, I love talking to people because... People with ADHD, they don't really shut up. <laughs> they, they love just chatting. You know, I have the gift of gab. I've been told many times and stuff like that. So that's sort of why I went into sales. That's why I started this podcast at the beginning of the pandemic. Because I just love chatting with people. But I'm utilizing my time wisely now and creating different, you know, created this platform and stuff like that. And I love that you say that, you know, you utilize it to the, with its advantages and stuff. Yeah. To be fair, I don't believe in, I don't like, yes, it's a scientific thing, but I don't fully believe in that. I think it's uh, over exaggerated to be fair. You know, uh, I feel a lot of people, if I mean, you put a person into a boring room, they will, they will want to, their mind will wander off. Right. You, you put me into a place where a person is monotone talking like this. I'm, I'm going to fall asleep. 
like I've fallen asleep on people before because it was like I can't concentrate, right? So I feel it's a gift rather than uh, disorder. You know, attention deficit hyperactivity gift. That's what I would call it. Because this gift has allowed me to go and become the performer that I did. It allows me to see things differently, right? If I don't like something, I'm not going to do it. And that's, it got me to a point where that is exactly how I learned how to take full control of my life. And by that, I mean, I do what I want, when I want, how I want, with whom I want. Call me a spoiled brat, but I think that's freedom. I love that, man. I love that. So take us through, like, why becoming a magician? What was it about magic that you loved? For me, it was more about proving a point. I was bullied. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Sorry. Whoa, not sure where that came from. Sorry about that. You'll be able to cut it, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So, to me, I was um, about magic. You see, I was, uh, throughout high school and elementary school, I was bullied. And, uh, sure, I would get garbage cans pulled over my head. I would be beaten up. And what happened was I wanted to, I wanted to show them like, yeah, I'm going to be the better person. I'm going to be a bigger person. And my family taught me that. You know, I come from a Jewish background and my, my family's like, okay, be a bigger person, walk away. You know, you don't have to be in the trouble. You don't have to be the problem. And if you fight back, it'll just create more, like it's like fighting fire with fire. You'll create a bigger fire. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a bigger person. And I just, you know, picked up uh, a bunch of cards. I picked up an alter ego, Jack Von Spade, (laughs) you know, and I went on with it. And then it just blew up and I'm like, yeah, I'm bigger. But what a lot of people don't know is that I was trying to prove a point. And sure, I, I was still unhappy, but I was like, yeah, you know what? Look at me. I'm a hot shot now. I'm performing in front of celebrities. I'm on a mural downtown Toronto. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. But when you look at the other people, they didn't care. They're like, they did, it's like, who's this guy again? Did we even bully him? They completely forgot who I was. And that was a big slap in the face. <laughs> you know, so that's what you got to understand. It's uh, I picked it up for the wrong reasons. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that too. And, you know, to touch on bullying, I have a question. So do you have a piece of advice you could give people, you know, either that are being bullied or people that are the bulliers? Could you give them one good piece of advice to each of them? Absolutely. So for the bullies, you have to understand why you're doing that. You're bullying because you're you're not in control. Of that. And bullying a weaker person kind of gives you that control. It's not going to go anywhere. Okay? It's uh, it's going to feed your ego until you come up and you're going to mess up. And it's going to be a very, very painful experience for you. You know, you don't go up to people like... If you're... It's like you're looking at... 
Like if you go up to Mike Tyson and try to bully the guy, <laughs> he's going to knock you right out cold, right? But if you bully a person that's weaker than you, what does that show to you? It shows how weak you are. You can't go for the strong people. If you want strength, become strong. Focus on yourself. Don't focus on other people, right? If you if you feel weak, focus on how can you get strength. Focus on your strong points. If you're if you're not feeling in control of your life, find ways to control your life by by helping people, not by damaging them, because they will come back for vengeance. And life, let me tell you, life and karma, uh, they're savages. They don't care about you. They will do what, give you what you deserve. And for the people being bullied, I would say take up martial arts. If you don't want to be bullied, take up martial arts. You can control what you do, but you cannot control what other people do. So a lot of the times people let them be bullied by backing away or just by saying, thinking, oh, maybe they're going to stop. They're not going to stop. They see that you're, you're playing weak. And you're not doing anything about it. So it's easy. It's like fishing in one spot where you know there's always going to be fish. It's an easy catch. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to be the person that gets bullied. You want to be the person that's take control. And you take control by taking up martial arts. You take control by finding to surround yourself around people that don't get bullied. Right? So you, it's all about control. That's what that's what life is about. So whether you, it's um, in high school, like high school drama, or even after high school when there are people bullying other people online, right? It's all judgment. It has nothing to do with you. If someone says something about you, sure, it's their opinion. But are you going to let it, their opinion ruin you for who you are? That's like submitting yourself to becoming the person that they think you are. Take control, friends. Wow, that, that is some really good advice. And I appreciate you shedding some light on bullying and, you know, the people being bullied and the people doing the bullying. Thank you for that, uh, Manuel. I appreciate it's, that. It's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. It's all so, related, really. It, it is. It, it all like ties in to that, you know. So, you know, before we go a little further, wh where can everyone find you? And, you know, you have some coaching programs called Deaf Principle. Fuck fear, guys. <laughs> yeah, right here. Okay. Um, yeah, so the F Principle is actually the company name. And you go to www.thefprinciple.com. T-H-E-F-P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E.com. That's the best way to find all of the stuff. I have books out there. I have courses that will help you legitimately, not just help, but guide you to conquering every single fear. There's four fears, four big problems that people deal with every day and why fear controls them. And the reason behind that is because they are afraid of the opinions of others. They don't, they're afraid of not being good enough, Right. They live in a world of fear. Their mindset is off because look around. Today, the new normal or the everyday normal doesn't matter. If you're in the normal state of mind, you are in a fearful state of mind. And then they sabotage themselves. It's all a cycle. I dissect it. 
It's over seven hours long, and it's something that has helped thousands of people. So what are those four, you know, components to fear that you were just talking about? Well, it's not components to fear. It's the four, four different kind of things that actually, the four keys, I call them. Okay. Four keys to conquer the fears. And to conquer fear, right, a lot of people think, oh, fear, let's just overcome it. And that's the problem. The biggest problem everyone's making, from kids to uh, salespeople to entrepreneurs, every single person, not every, but the majority of the people that are making, if you are unhappy, I guarantee you, you're making this problem. You are overcoming the problems. I'm going to say that again because it is super important. You are a human being, a being that's literally made to conquer. Stop overcoming. Overcoming fear, what happens is like you're jumping over the problem. You're avoiding it, but the problem is still there. So as you move on with your life, the problem still moves on with your life. But the, what happens when you don't, when you, when you overcome the problem, or in this case, fear, it grows, right? Problems are attracted by negativity. And when you feed problems negativity, they become bigger. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And so, like that, like- so when people are saying, oh, make fear a friend, make fear an ally, that's so dumb because like, it, it pisses me off because what you're doing, you're feeding the fear. The fear still hangs out with you, right? But when you're feeling something negative, when you're feeling down on yourself, guess what happens? You fuel the fear. And then when you're completely down, you're feeling empty. You're feeling like this, like you don't know where to go. You're feeling lost, stuck, out of control. Guess what friend is right there with you? Fear or whatever problem you overcame. Because when you overcome problems, the problems come back and they take control. And especially with fear, fear is a huge problem that a lot of people, they start giving the fear uh, like different names, different definitions, face everything and rise. It's ridiculous, you know, or forget everything and run. That's not what fear means. Fear is an emotion. That, that one you just said sounds more like fight or flight mode to me. Yeah, fight or flight. You, you could either fight it or flight, but you don't fight fear. You can't. You have to conquer it. You can't fight it. It's like looking in the mirror and punching the mirror, thinking that uh, the person on the other hand, on the other side, of, is going to get hurt. Only you're going to get hurt. Because fear has a specific meaning, and it's, and a lot of people don't understand the whole meaning of it. All right, fear is an emotion caused by the belief that something bad or negative is about to happen to you. What do you think the keyword there is? Negative. No. Try again. A keyword. Fear is an emotion caused by the belief that something bad or negative is about to happen to you. Keyword. Fear. Belief. Sir? Belief. Exactly. Most people think it's an emotion, but the key word is a belief because it starts with your mind and you feed it there. And that's when it becomes real. So many people are talking, oh, fear is an illusion. It's an illusion until you are drenched down. You are panicking. You're stressed. You have no idea what's going on. 
Because when you don't conquer fear, fear will turn into stress. Stress will lead to anxiety, to panic attacks, and then ultimately it goes to depression. When you're that late in, you don't see it as fear. You're seeing as, oh my God, what is happening to me? Why am I feeling this way? I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. You don't trace it back to fear. That's the problem. You know, I've dealt with depression. I was on a, I was on a, and you know what? A lot of people don't know this about me, but there was a time in my life, and I'm not joking. I used to collect swords. One of the swords was an Excalibur. And I had the Excalibur on the ground with my chest on the peak of the Excalibur. All I had to do was let go of, the, of my hands, and that's it. There were times where I wanted to jump up an eight-story building because I was overcoming my fears. I was not conquering them. What, what that, that's that's wild. I did not know that about you, Emmanuel. And like you said, not many people do. What at the time was you know? I, I know you say you weren't over, you weren't conquering your fears. You were overcoming your fears. But what drove you to that point? Um, to get that bad, the suicide ideation at that point then? I wasn't in control of my life, right? It all piled on. Fears like that inner voice that will tell you, you're not good enough. It's going to sabotage your life. It's the voice that tells you, hey, go have a drink. Go get wasted. Go do this. Go be stupid. Because it'll help you feel better. It'll. It's like, I know I've had a, had a person, uh, one of my students, and uh, they they were they were they were also they were an addict and with an eating disorder and it was opium and uh, the the guy would tell me yeah it's all there it's all in my head telling me and there's the only way I could do it is by the only reason I'm doing it is because I feel a sense of control. That's crazy. I mean, this guy was like built, right? He was built, but he would uh, binge and purge. So yeah, no addiction is no joke, though. Either it's man, not. It, it's 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 crazy. The things that it'll to the places it takes you is, you know, it. And I thoroughly believe it's a disease. It's not like you know what I mean. Like disease, it's a it's a disease. You know, it's not something you're born with. It's a disease, though. And once that disease takes you over, it is hard to overcome. And I commend your student for overcoming it and stuff like that, too. And and uh, conquering it, you know, conquering that addiction. I'd rather use that word while we're on this show, guys, today. <laughs> but <laughs> you should but use no. that word every time, man. No, no, for sure. I, I like that you say that, though. It gives you a whole new outlook uh, instead of overcoming it. Yeah, you can overcome it for a day or two or three. But like you said, I, I like that. But it's going to come right back and bite you in the ass. You got to sit there and conquer it head on, though. Exactly. Absolutely. It is super crucial. You have to. Absolutely have to conquer. You're born a conqueror. You, I mean, you look at uh, back in the day, the days were when people were conquering cities. They weren't overcoming cities. They weren't borrowing cities for a day. No, they went and they conquered it. You know, that's what we are as human beings. But now we get offended of the most simplest things. You know, that's why it's super important. You know, fear is the number one reason why things happen. I truly believe, you know, 
I had a my my uh, I guess taste with the uh, with uh, drugs and stuff like that. Okay, and I related to, to one of my clients, one of my students, well, not my clients, my students. He was like, you know what? I can't do it. Like, I I need control. And I was like, you know what? I totally get where you're coming from, because that was it. That was you want the control. Right when you're drinking, you're in control of what you're doing. You're drinking. Oh yes, I'm filling myself up with booze. I'm in control. So what what I do and what I help people do and what I did, I took control over other things. Right, that's what I talk about. You know, you got to be in control. Do what you want, when you want, how you want it, or else life will control you. So true. Like uh, you got to have a thick skin in this world, this day and age, man. Uh... But you, you you are right, though. You have control over your actions, reactions, anything you do. It's like that circle of control I've learned in therapy. You know what I mean? You're the small part in the center. You can't control that big circle around you, though. Uh, you can only control what you are doing. You can't control what others are doing, what they're saying to you. Who gives a shit what they're saying to you? If it doesn't apply to you or you don't like it, you can let it roll right off your back and keep on moving forward. You don't have to let it eat away at you or anything like that. You have to have thick skin in this world. Absolutely. And to have thick skin, you have to conquer the fears, right? And I talk about that actually in uh, my book called Conquering Criticism. You know, if someone criticizes you for whatever whatever they want to do, uh, what is it that they're doing? Like, are they criticized? Are they even knowledgeable in the topic? Do they mean anything to you? Or are they trying to just troll you, right? Or are they actually giving you constructive criticism, right? You got to know the four. You got to know how to differentiate the four. It is super important, like thick skin, especially coming from the entertainment background, right? It's ridiculous how many people in the industry of entertainment lack self-belief. I have never been in any movie and I went on, well, I was an extra long long time ago but then when i was uh, right after my career in in, uh, in magic i was like you know what i'm gonna go pursue movies and then i saw okay it was too easy i had three auditions i didn't go to any of them like personally and i got the part was it my name maybe maybe because at that time my, my brand name was still big but maybe it was also the fact that i was so confident that i'm gonna get the part I even said right on the, my audition, my name is Emmanuel Swachinski and I'm and I'm the perfect fit for the role of. <laughs> and here's what I'm saying. And a director actually told me, the casting director, the fact that you just assume the role is perfect. Yeah, People sometimes you just talking. have to assume, you know, or or like in sales too. Exactly. If if you can, it's not. You know what I mean? People will, I love working sales for this reason though. Like people, you got to build rapport. It's not about selling the product, the car. You got to build rapport with people. You know, you got to dig deep, find out what they do for a living, find how you can relate to them, like find out where they work. Once you can find out these things, you may know someone that works at that job. Hey, do you know Johnny? Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. We're really good friends. That's how you build rapport and gain customers and gain their, you know, trust and stuff like that. Because once you know someone that they know really well, you know, it just gets easier from there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it doesn't feel like you're selling to them. No. Right? So 
And that's the thing. I never sell any of my courses. I offer help. The help is there. You want help? I'm here to solve available. your problem. Exactly. I'm here to help you solve a problem. I'm not here exactly. to sell you this car. You know, you know what I mean? I like that. That's not my end goal. Like I ask at the beginning, you know, or I, I do qualify them, you know, are you here for pre-owned or new car? At least I know what direction we're going, you know, SUV, car, truck. Um, so yeah. those qualifiers, but what can I do to help you today? Why are you moving from this vehicle? You know, it should always be a question that, that they need to answer. It shouldn't be a yes or no answer either. You have to ask them why's and stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I love the sales game, right? I mean, for people, because I do mentorships as well, and people don't choose if they're going to get mentored by me. They can have all the money on the planet. But at the end of the day, I choose, right? Because I want to make sure that if I'm mentoring people, right, I want to make sure that they're going to be doing the work, putting in the work. If you give me a million bucks and you're not going to put in the work, you're not what's going to succeed. Exactly. You're not going to succeed. And what's that going to happen? Like right now, I have a 100% success rate. I want to end my life with that. Anyone who gets mentored by me is uh, has been 100% successful. I mean, there are people going from uh, even uh, like uh, who wants a raise in their work, but they're afraid to ask for it. Right? Uh, one of my students... He was making 50K, right? He was making 50K. He was good at what he did. He was working for the company four years. He was afraid to ask for a raise. They never gave it to him. They were given maybe one or 2,000. And then his family was telling him, hey, you know what? Be safe. If you're going to ask for a raise, don't ask for much because they can fire you. And they're like, he's like, okay, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do it. And then when he hired me, I was like, okay, the first thing first. If you're eight, how much do you want to make? He's like, well, I feel 60 would be good. I'm like, aim for 85. They're going to try to close you in at 80. You're going to close them at, you're going to both agree at 82,000. So if I, I told him, if I can bring you from 50,000 to 82,000, would that be something for you? He's like, yeah, it would be worth it. Boom. We got together for six weeks. I was mentoring him. One of the first things I told him, Stop listening to your family. It's not that they don't love you. They don't know any better. They don't understand how control works. So what happened was, after working with me, he went to the manager of the place. He asked for a bit a raise. What's the most they can give him? He said 53000 The most. So what he did, he went to... Got another uh, interview for a job. Asked for 85. He was like, okay, well, we can do 80. They've closed at 82 and a half. Two years later, he did the exact same thing. Now he's making 100K. It's crazy. Yeah, no, you have to, you have to just not, not, you got to put your fears aside and just go ask, you know, that's what I love. You don't want to, you don't be afraid to ask for the sale. Don't be afraid to ask for things like, the dealership I'm at now, and I'm not going to name it and stuff like that, but I had to, you know, I, I just kept asking. I knew, yeah, you have to be fe not fearless. I don't like using that word either, but no, you there's have no such thing as fearless. Exactly. That's why I said I don't like using that word. And, <laughs> but you just got to put everything aside 
uh, and just just ask, man. You, you know, you don't you don't know if it's going to be no or yes till you ask. So I always ask. And I was at the point I thought I had proven myself enough that I deserved a demo car. And I just kept pushing every day, every day. And finally, it came around. The owner's like, oh, Chris, can you do this for me? I says, I will go do this once we sit in your office and get me a demo today. I didn't <laughs> put him on the spot again. I just did it till I yeah. got my demo. Like I didn't, I didn't let up. I'm relentless until I took me a month and a half of asking like every other day, but I got it, man. But if I didn't keep asking, I don't think I'd have that, you know, my car, my demo that I proved, I thought I proven myself enough to, to get that car and stuff like that. And Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's persistence. And I love what you said that you don't like using the word fearless. I have this thing called the fearless mindset, but a lot of people mix up with it. Now, there is no such thing as fearless. I don't believe in it, but there are two types of people that claim to be fearless. Two types of people. Are you ready? You might get a laugh out of this. Number one are liars. You want to guess the second one? Politicians. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, man. Politicians have so much fear. It's ridiculous. I know. Uh, no, psychopaths. You put a psychopath to become a politician, I guarantee you he'll win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so psychopaths, they just don't feel the fear. They don't feel negative emotions. They don't right? have emotions, I don't think. They though. do, actually. But uh, there's yeah. been studies that proven that they have. Some, they know how to understand when they love. But, They're actually a lot smarter than people think they are, though, too. Oh, I can absolutely. Tell you that, like after doing watching documentaries over the years and stuff like that. They're very Absolutely. intelligent people. Some of them have PhDs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you 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 give a psychopath like a journey, like all the tools to become an entrepreneur. That's it. They made it. Hands down. But I don't think they uh, I don't know how many entrepreneurs are actually psychopaths, you know, but I guarantee you like it's so easy for them to win because they are not afraid. They're just going to do it. You know, so I don't believe in fearlessness. I don't. I conquer my fears. As I say, I make fears my bitch. They're not my friend. They're not an ally. They're my bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm very, I'm very straightforward with that. You know, fear has no place to be around me. It's in my fuel tank. I liquidate it into into fuel, and then light it up. And I fly. I love that, Manuel. I love that. You know, make fear your bitch, um, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up, man. That's what you got to so, do. Exactly. What do you think your unique skill or skills is that have helped you become successful in what you're doing today, Emmanuel? Uh, I tr truthfully, to be told, positivity. Positivity. I'm... I'm always positive. I got that from my dad. Uh, no matter what the situation is, you always saw a solution. And through positivity, I was able to learn how to be mindful. And then I learned resilience. I like that. And resilience is what people need. It's the thing when, you know, you get punched down by life. What are you going to do? You're going to take a nap <laughs> or are you going to get up and go forward? No, that's so true, man. You know, I appreciate you 
coming on the show today to share all this wealth of knowledge, you know, around fear and everything. But before we go, everyone, I want you to, you know, listen up here, but head over to Emmanuel's page, you know, check him out. He's going to plug in where he is on socials and stuff. You can follow him. He'll plug in his website again, you know, go check him out, leave him a review where you can shoot him a message. He's always open for a good conversation. And I do know if anyone's on clubhouse, you know, he's on there too, man. You can go look him up there and he's always hosting rooms and, and whatnot and being moderate moderators in rooms. And, uh, you know, always open for a good conversation guys. So thank you again, Emmanuel for coming on the show today. And, you know, you guys can go check out my show as well. Head over to Apple, leave that review, leave me a five-star review, head over to anchor FM. You can find my show in there. You can even send me a voice message on there. That's the good thing I love about anchor. You know, let me know how I'm doing. I'm open to constructive criticism all the time, guys. You know, negative or positive. I'm always looking to build my show, build myself. So just give it to me. I don't care. I can take it. You know, I do have thick skin. Been around the block a couple times in the things I've done in life. But you want to let them know where they can find you on Instagram and stuff like that, Emmanuel? Absolutely. It's at the F principle. So T-H-E-F-P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E. Thank you again, Emmanuel, for coming oh, on the my show. My pleasure. My and, pleasure. Thank you, know, you for I, having me. Yeah, no problem, man. I hope you have a great rest of your day today. Well, I hope you have a better one. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode, learning lots of magic tricks from the magician here. <laughs> but anyways, go head over to his page there, The F Principle. He founded that program, you know, Fuck Fear. He will help you get out of those fearful states. Anyways please head over to the Apple podcast, leave me a five-star review, or Anchor FM, send me a voice message. I would love to hear those feedbacks, guys. I always appreciate it. A little bit about the next guest, though, Ted Fleming. Oh, you guys will not want to miss this. When I sit down with one of my all-time favorite non-alcoholic beers, the founder, the CEO, you know, he has an amazing story himself. You will not want to miss this one, everyone. Have yourself a great rest of your week. He is the founder of Partake Brewery.